Hello and welcome to another lockdown edition of Order Order, Mail Plus Radio's politics podcast with me, Simon Walters, Assistant Editor of the Daily Mail. And me, Amanda Platel, locked down in North London for nine weeks now. Coming up, Transport Secretary Grant Schnapps on why Boris won't mention the A word, and it's not Amanda. Well, no, I mean, the Prime Minister has said he doesn't like the A word, as, as, as uh, Boris has described it, and, uh, and, we, and we don't want to go down that route. One of Keir Starmer's shadow Treasury team responds to Chancellor Rishi Sunak's new coronavirus bailout by saying Labour would prefer to impose a wealth tax. I can announce today that the job retention scheme will be extended for four months until the end of October. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google and Spotify, or leave us a review and email us at any time at orderorder at mailplus.co.uk. Simon, it's wonderful to see you back. Where have you been? Ah, well, I've had the virus. made me completely flat for three weeks. I had really terrible fatigue. I could hardly walk. My, I couldn't keep my eyes open during the day. Um, I didn't have the serious lung complications. I didn't go to hospital. So I'm, I'm thanking my lucky stars, frankly. But it was pretty horrible. I would describe it as, Ugh. and we will come back to, Ugh. <laughs> the program. but I now have, actually, I now have a... Um, a certificate because I, I I went to get a, a test, the antibody test. I've got a certificate with my identity on it saying I've had a positive test. So I feel like I've got some sort of pink ticket that actually I'm um, in the clear. And here's the proof: if I'm on a bus, I can prove it. Oh, that's that's good, Simon. How, how have you been coping with all this? Nine weeks in one place. Nine weeks on my own with my cat Ted. Honestly, Simon, it, it, it's been it's been kind of pretty pretty ghastly and my best friend is captain Birdseye because all he's the only man in my life all i i've got a fridge full of fish fingers all i do is eat fish fingers um it's just i've turned into this kind of juvenile but also it's kind of weird because you know this thing that lots of people at the moment are having um are having weird dreams because yes I, ha- I have i have read about that has that been happening to you well i have had some weird ones but Last night I had the most beautiful dream and you'll remember that my brother Michael died and and last night I had this really long dream that he came up to me and took my hand which as a rugged Aussie he wasn't want to do and he just said Mandy let's go to the beach everything's going to be okay and he took me and held my hand and we just did lovely things together and I think that he was actually coming to me to help me out during a dark time. Yeah, what a, what a sweet thing. What a sweet thing. What a and I woke up this morning, Simon, feeling really, really happy, not least because my brother had been by my side all night, but the thought of seeing you again. Um, oh, Amanda, Amanda, Amanda. That sounds more like a nightmare than a dream. <laughs> and it's come true. <laughs> So Boris Johnson's been accused of causing confusion with his new slogan, Stay Alert. I can't think why. I'm not alert. We must stay alert, control the virus, and save lives. If you can't work from home, then you should now think about going to work, provided you do it, provided your workplace is COVID secure 
and provided you can travel uh, safely uh, to work. Meanwhile, Little Britain comedian Matt Lucas summed up how it came over to many people. So we are saying, don't go to work, go to work. Don't take public transport, go to work, don't go to work. Stay indoors. If you can work from home, go to work. Don't go to work. Go outside, don't go outside. And, uh, and then we will or won't uh, something or other. Well, uh, Amanda, that, that's a pretty cruel Mickey take of, of Boris by, by Matt Lucas. But I, I think it was watched by about five million people, nearly as many that watched Boris Johnson. And they have in, in these, they keep talking about baby steps towards easing the lockdown. But I think this baby has fallen over quite a few times. Uh, it, it's not been good, Simon. And, you know, I know he's, he's got a new baby and all the rest of it. But, you know, baby steps, what does that mean? As you say. You fall over, you know, babies can't walk. So uh, a really um, uh, unsuitable analogy. I just don't get it. You know, I live on my own and I'm told now that I can go out with one person, um, provided I'm six feet apart from them, um, on any given day, right? But how many people am I allowed to go out with? Is it only going to be Andrew Pierce that I can see for the next six months of my life? Or can I choose other men and friends, girlfriends, that I can go out with. It's just completely confused. All the messages um, have just been kind of crazy. You know, what do we know about holidays? You know, you know, we know garden centres are opening. Well, whoopee. Well, it's good news for you, Amanda. You, I mean, you can go fishing now. Um, <laughs> you, you can get your waders on. Sometimes you're a bit of a smart aleck because I can tell you that I'm actually quite a fine fisherwoman. And oh. taught me how to line fish when I was a kid. Oh, I can see you in fishnets, but not fishing. <laughs> but I, th I think getting back to the serious point, I think this is a big moment for Boris because uh, we know that one of the reasons we've had a very high death toll is because he ordered the lockdown too late. Now he's ordering the easing of the lockdown sooner than is taking place in Wales and Scotland. And, and if he gets this wrong... Uh, given given the high death toll, I think it'll be a real big problem for Johnson. So I think the next couple of months is going to be really important. Well, his future is clearly on the line. And, and having been a close observer of Boris, uh, not that close, uh, for many, many years, the stuffing's been knocked out of him, Simon. There's something different about him. He looks slightly bleary-eyed. He looks slightly shambolic. He was a bit better on um, at, um, Prime Minister's questions today, but he's not, um, you know, we're used to this Boris who got us out of Europe. Brexit Boris was fantastic. You know, he was a leader. He was Churchillian. He was, um, he was someone we could all rally behind. This kind of slightly limp Boris, I, I find him, uh, you know, COVID Boris, I find completely uninspiring. And 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 the um, for the first time in the rate in the opinion poll ratings today, I see that Keir Starmer has edged ahead of Boris Johnson, and I think the contest between them is going to be fascinating because Starmer's yeah. already caught Boris out on a care homes issue, his forensic style, and they're so different. Um, there was Quentin Lett in the Times today, so they're, so they're so different um, that um, it, it's like a warthog trying to make love to a chihuahua when Boris takes on Keir Starmer. And they are very, very different. I don't think Keir Starmer's a chihuahua. I think he's like a Russian ridgeback. I think he's, you know, I think he's, even though he's incredibly dull, he's really formidable. And I do think he irons his underpants. And now on to a man who doesn't iron his underpants. 
Transport Secretary Grant Shapps would normally be expected to be cajoling people into getting out of their cars and onto buses and trains. But Grant Shapps has got to do the opposite. On the day the government started easing the lockdown, Grant told me how he's going about it. We also talked about hairdressers and lovable dogs, you know, like modern men do. Mr. Chaps, my first question to you is, how are your dogs, Tequila and Crumble? Have you been taking them for regular walks? <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I think they're, they're delighted. They, Mr. Crumble and, and Tequila have been getting regular uh, walks, perhaps more than they want, because you know, the kids are here and they, they say, well, I'll go and do a bit of exercise and I'll take the dogs for a walk. And, and we'll be like, what do, what, well, the dog's already dog, been out. <laughs> what type of dogs are they? And, and who on earth called them Tequila and Mr. Crumble? Well, uh, Crumble is a uh, golden retriever, and Tequila is a rescue dog, is a is a Labrador, and oh, so uh, yeah, they're, 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 Mr. Crumble, by the way, is I think coming up on fourteen or something. Uh, so you know they 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 are not sort of young, and I think that's why they're they're, they're thinking how long is this lockdown going to go on for? We've had enough of of walking now. Good. Okay. Well, let let's let's let, let we need to bring more more cheer to Mr. Crumble and Tequila. Uh, on the more serious matters, Grant, you are a transport secretary, and of course you're in the unusual position of telling people not to use not to use public transport. Uh, how does that feel? Yes, probably the first transport secretary in history to advise people against if they can possibly avoid it. But instead, actually, to do a lot of cycling and, and, and walking. Uh, and I just put a lot of money into that, £250 million immediately, part of a £2 billion cycling walking package, uh, which is which is enormous. Um, and the idea is try to get this the, the shift and that we so-called active transport, because you, you, you're actually having to you know, do, do, do the, the walking or cycling, uh, also has other benefits, of course, for health uh, that you know course, you don't get course. when you when you just sit somewhere. I can see that, but 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 having such a massively reduced number of people on trains, how on earth are you going to do it? Because you're you're going to have overcrowded platforms, and I can see some pretty nasty scenes. Do, do I gather you're you're recruiting people to try and control that? Yeah, we're trying to look. First of all, the, the first message is work from home if you possibly can that remains the the case if you uh, cannot work from home but you're in a category where you are able to work in other words not in you know for example i don't know leisure or something like that but you're in a category like construction or manufacturing where you should be working uh, where you if you can um then uh, look for alternative forms of transport if you are going to go on public transport try to stagger your work time um, we're working with employers to to do that but as you say we're also trying to get a lot of people out there from transport for london network rail the British Transport Police and some volunteers to provide advice to people uh, to say, actually, that looks pretty full in there. How about ministers setting an example with cycling by, by by giving up their ministerial cars and replacing them with ministerial bicycles? Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm all up for that. My bike is is, is out and in uh, a daily use. You can now have your house on the market, so you can have a state agent around, you can have someone visit your house. But you can't. But uh, uh, parents can't visit grandparents and, and grandchildren, which does seem pretty contradictory. So does it mean does it mean that if a grandparent wants to visit their grandchildren, they phone up the estate agent and book an appointment to see their house, and then they'll be okay? Yes, it would be a convoluted way of doing it. But look, but but look, I mean, you've got a situation, haven't you, where you know it's very simple. Our, our, our message for the last eight weeks: stay at home. You know, absolutely straightforward and simple. Of course, as you start to gradually in baby steps try to unlock parts of the economy, you're going to get contradictions. And if I can do X, Y, can't I do Y? I'm desperate to see my parents, both in their 80s. Haven't seen them for months. How Love to see them. Uh, they're, they're doing well, but they're doing well because they've absolutely followed the, the the rules and the guidance. No one's been over 
to visit. I mean, that the, so, we so speak to them do? on, do on you Zoom. Do you phone up with your children? You, you, you Zoom them, do you, and have a little... We Zoom them. One of us calls them every single day. You know, we show yeah. them the dogs. We have a chat, you know, and just try and... Oh, even, you Mr. Know, Crum- and so, even, Mr., even Mr. Crumble speaks absolutely. to them. Absolutely. Mr. Barkley's my, grandparents. My mum uh, my mom <laughs> is a big Crumble Crumble fan. Is this really a time to go back to austerity, Mr. Shapps? Well, no, I mean, the Prime Minister has said he doesn't like the A-word, as, as, as uh, Boris has described it, and, uh, and, we, and we don't want to go down that route. Look, what we try to do here but is to keep me, the... But, but if you don't do that, if you don't do that, there's only one alternative. That money's got to... That, you, you've got to respond to that. If you don't go down the austerity r- route, then you're, there's only one alternative, and that is tax rises. So that's what you're going to do instead. Well, First, first of all, uh, just on the on, on that report, I don't recognise um, that. I'm not a Treasury minister, but the Treasury are saying that that doesn't that we we don't we don't recognise that that situation um, at this point in time, because we not we we don't know what. I mean, anyone who thinks today that they can predict all of this um, is, is a genius, because nobody quite knows how yes, long. Grant, the only other option is various forms of tax rises. I mean, the the simple point I would make is that no no one is writing future budgets right now that's the, the simple point i would make um and it, you know this is sort of based on speculation i'd rather leave that to a very competent chancellor rishi to look at Does when the, triple the time ta- comes are you still are you still committed to the triple tax lock on not putting income tax national insurance or vat up which which, you, which, which is a manifesto commitment you, you you can you can try asking me this question any which way around but i'm still going to refer <laughs> you back to the chancellor uh, the, the, one last question your hair You've managed to sort of stop your hair growing too long. Who, who's been doing that for you? Yeah, no, no, it was a one-off uh, attempt by my sixteen-year-old uh, uh, son uh, who uh, got the scissors out, the shears out, and uh, actually just tackled the back. Uh, that, that's the only thing that's happened so far. I am looking forward ha- to the day when the barbers can reopen, but uh, we're not there yet. A hairdressing career does not loom for your son. I think not. I think not. No. Grant, thank you very much indeed for your time. Much appreciated. I'm struck, Amanda, by this this debate now about austerity. And as Grant Chaps made it pretty clear, the government is not going to go back to austerity. And as he pointed out, Boris Johnson won't even utter the word austerity. He calls it the A word. And of course, I don't think it's a coincidence. Who was the politician that came up with the term austerity? It was David Cameron, Boris's great rival. Cameron came up with it as a way of, it was his response to what the Tories, when Cameron came in, said was the Labour Party reckless spending and the crash and said, we now need an age of austerity to put it right. But Boris doesn't want to go go back down that route. And of course, austerity means cuts, uh, public sector pay freeze. But there is a stigma about that word, don't you think? Yeah, there certainly is. But I don't, you know, no one out there, any fool could realise that that there's some we have to pay for all of these this largesse, you know, paying people now until what is it, the end of October, um, paying their wages on the furloughing scheme. Uh, You know, this money's got to come from somewhere. And the only way that that a government can raise money is if you have a burgeoning um, economy, which we will not have. Um, If you cripple people with taxes for those who actually work and if you cut public spending i mean it's it's typical of boris to dodge around and think you know it's about semantics and about it's about ground um you know grand gestures actually they should just come clean with us we all know it's coming we all know that there'll be salary freeze there'll be huge taxes our pensions will be raided um all the usual things that that they do although i did 
I did like that thing you said to him about having um, people come around your house, getting your grannies to come around. Um, given I'm single, could I put my house up for sale and only have eligible single men who are solvent and sexy? Is that possible? It is possible, but I, I think that had to be a health warning given to the men. <laughs> and what would that say? Well, um, it, it might say that the uh, the house the house is very attractive, but as for the as for the owner, we can't vouch for that. <laughs> Labour Treasury spokesman Wes Streeting says Rishi Sunak will pay a heavy price if he slaps a pay freeze on nurses and other public sector workers to recover the huge sums he's spending on combating COVID-19. Streeting says a wealth tax would be a better way. Wes, I mean, some people might say that we don't actually need a Labour government. We've already got one. The way that Rishi Sunak is throwing hundreds of billions of pounds supporting workers and businesses and everything else. <laughs> well, I'm not sure how Rishi Sunak would feel feel about that and who would be more uncomfortable by that description, <laughs> the Conservative Party or the Labour Party. But I think in all seriousness, I think the, the action that the government's taken has been uh, inevitable, really, and entirely necessary. Obviously, the, 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 the sorts of spending that he's unleashed to um, support people's wages and to support businesses is unprecedented in peacetime. But I think that, you know, the, the comparison for what we're living through really is is analogous to wartime in terms of the, the scale of the response needed, the mobilisation of the resources and, and a recognition that only the state can play that role as the um, insurer of last resort of huge sections of the British economy. There's also talk that it may be an L-shaped recovery. And again, I think we can understand that, that the L, the economy sinks to the bottom and then it flatlines. And that's the big risk. And uh, I think the government's got to think really carefully about how it boosts demand in the economy, gets businesses through this and able to get back up and running again. And recognising that for some sectors of the economy, thinking particularly about hospitality, bars, pubs, restaurants, those are likely to be out of action for even longer than, than other parts of the economy. And I think that's why, um, you know, Ed Miliband, now Shadow Business Secretary, has called for um, a second wave of support, for, particularly for those sectors and businesses that will be hardest hit and longest hit by the sorts of measures that we're going to need to, to, to deal with the public health crisis. But I assume it's reasonable to, to assume that the Labour Party, if, if the government did say, well, OK, we're going to have to pay for this with more spending cuts, public sector pay freeze, which would be in, in, in effect a return to our austerity. I assume Labour would absolutely fight that. Absolutely. I mean, look, we, we can't go out on a Thursday evening and clap for our NHS and clap for our key workers and carers and then say, thanks, guys. But by the way, we're going to freeze your pay, in effect, a, a real terms pay cut. And by the way, you may even lose your job or and certainly have worse uh, conditions and a, a more difficult time at work because we're going to be slashing public services even further after after a decade of of austerity already and i do think one of the lessons that we will have to draw from the period going into this crisis is that those cuts had a significant impact in terms of the resilience of the state and the ability to scale up in response to a crisis of this magnitude so let's not repeat those mistakes i mean if taxes um, have to rise and i think there is inevitably going to be um, some tax rises let's make sure that 
those who bear the cost are those with the broader shoulders and not repeat the mistakes in the past where I think the, um, ta- you know, the burden of, of taxation and spending cuts was felt disproportionately by people on low and middle incomes. Let's look at those uh, sectors and industries that have actually fared better during the course of uh, this crisis than others and see um, whether they could make a greater contribution. Let me stop you there. On tax, do you think there, the public would be much more sympathetic to say the idea of a wealth tax on people over £100,000 a year income rather than cutting uh, public sector pay and, and other spending cuts? I think people would be more sympathetic uh, to, to, to that kind of approach. Let's bear in mind over the last decade, we have seen tax cuts for the wealthiest individuals and corporations. And I think it's reasonable after a crisis like this that, you know, where we are going to have to try and um, sort of claw back some of the losses and make sure that we don't cut public services for the majority of people, uh, you know, it, it's, it's reasonable to ask those with the broader shoulders to bear the greater burden. And finally, Wes, you're, you're the MP for Ilford. Um, the Commons leader, Jacob Rees-Mogg, is saying MPs should show an example by, by coming back to work, that the tube system is going to be hugely overcrowded. It's only a short cycle ride from Ilford. Can we, can we assume that, Wes, <laughs> that you are cycling in, you'll be cycling into the Commons daily with your bicycle clips? around your ankles uh, absolutely not <laughs> Wes thank you very much for joining us and much appreciated well I think I think you're now getting into some of the 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 political differences that this issue has thrown up because there you've got the Labour spokesman Wes Streety saying quite clearly that Labour would get some of this money back by introducing a wealth tax good old good old-fashioned Labour policies and the other thing he said there, which I thought was significant, was if the, if the government tries to cut nurses' pay after we've all been out on our doorsteps clapping nurses for coronavirus, they'll pay a heavy price. He's certainly right about that, Amanda. Yeah, he is. But, but Simon, let's not forget that when we go out on Thursday night and, and clap and uh, actually I ring a bell, what do you do? I just clap my hands, really. I'm I'm not quite as flamboyant. I'm, you know, I, I I leave the bells to the I leave the bells to the show-offs. Yeah, I show off. I got a big bell and I ring it. Um, but we're not just uh, we're not just clapping for you know care home workers and nurses. We're also clapping for doctors who've been at the forefront of this. And as after Tony Blair's reforms, most doctors now earn over a hundred thousand pounds. So we're going to have a kind of exemption for for doctors. Um, no, but I, but I, but I, but I, I think the point we certainly, is... We certainly can't in any way cut nurses' salaries. And if there was any justice, they would have salary in- increases. Uh, but, you know, we, we just know that there's going to be a massive tax project when this is all over. And it'll be on, it'll be VAT, it'll be, um, it'll be every single way they can get it on houses, selling houses, on selling cars, petrol will go up, everything will go up to try and spread the load. And it's going to be pretty painful. You're cutting your hair forever, Simon. I'm kind of fascinated by the by the way this this has really changed the whole political the whole the whole political um, uh, debate between the two parties because. Um, as I kind of teased him at the outset, you know, the Labour Party could only ever dream of spending this kind of money. And poor old John McDonnell, um, the former um, shadow chancellor who wanted to spend hundreds of billions, he must be deeply envious that Ricky Sunak is the Tory chancellor that spent the money that Labour did. And it's kind of changed the debate in a really big way. It has fundamentally. And, and perhaps that was um, coincidence or perhaps it was clever political strategy. Uh, but Labour could not have given away any more money than the Tories have given away and shown every instinct to, to spread the load, 
to, to try and keep people going during this. But, you know, it, and it's been fantastic, but you've also got lots of people who, who now are getting virtually full pay who don't really want to go back to work and now I've extended it till October. There are so many problems ahead. Now, as we all know, Simon is always very bossy about the topical tune, which, of course, I will hand over to him in a moment. But I just thought that uh, I would be allowed to just have a little say in all this, given I've been so in lockdown for nine weeks, and it goes like this. Only the lonely know why I cry. Only the lonely. When does the singing start? <laughs> It was so mean. I've been practicing in that in the shower for a whole week. Well, yeah, Amanda, I hadn't realised quite how appropriate my choice of topical tune this week is, because it's kind of it was actually meant to be related to me having the virus, which, as I said early on, was just an uh, experience. And the the topical tune is actually called uh, U G H. And it's by a band called the 1975. Um, I mean, you weren't born then, so obviously that year would mean nothing to you. But they're actually a young band, and they're a brilliant band, great songwriters, and led by a guy called Matty Healy, who is the son of uh, one of the actors in our Vidazane Pet and a Coronation Street actress. Um, great musician. It's a brilliant song. And I'm surprised you don't know this band, Amanda, because uh, some of their songs, their titles, are themes which are very close to your heart. I mean, one is called Chocolate and the other one's called Sex. I mean, I'm just amazed <laughs> you haven't heard of them. <laughs> this week don't forget you'll be able to listen back to this and all our other mail plus radio podcasts at mailplus.co.uk or via spotify and apple podcasts so that's all from me no then... no 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 join us next week for more political oh, okay. chat okay 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 and um join us <laughs> shall i say it in amanda's voice join us next week for more political chat shut up i'm doing it um and join us. Do I have to say I'm Amanda Platel again? No, just say join us next week for more political chat. Okay. Join, join us next week for more political chat. But for now, that's all from me, Simon Walters. And me, Amanda Platel. One, two, three. Goodbye. Goodbye. You went too soon. Goodbye.